Hi, everyone, and welcome to Respawn Aim Fire episode 73. My name is Holden DePardo. I'm here with my Chad good Michael friend. Ennis. Oh, I, damn it. I didn't know that's where you were going. Yeah, you didn't I know. I thought I was just going to be a person. Now I'm a good friend, and everyone knows we talked over each other, and I feel like an idiot. <laughs> like a goddamn idiot. <laughs> well, we know your name now, and that's what really matters, Chad Michael Ennis. Chad Michael Ennis, spy extraordinaire. <laughs> we're gonna start with our cold open this week which has us looking at the wait this, this is respawn aim fire the irreverent kick-ass gaming podcast i did miss that news. part i call this respawn aim fire i did miss the irreverent kick-ass gaming podcast what, what what if they thought they were gonna listen to this and talk about pinterest <laughs> that's what we talk about pinterest we're a gaming podcast and they gotta know we're irreverent otherwise my goddamn seems offensive <laughs> otherwise it's not it's not at all right it's not offensive so, if you call it out we're going to start with a story this week about, uh, I guess, a rumor about a new Switch console, potentially. This oh. comes from Marcus Sellers. He is an insider. Uh, he very often is on Twitter where he makes his points. He's actually deleted this tweet since, which could mean it's not true. could mean it is true. Kind it could of mean, mean it's even way. more true. Exactly. Just but like Forbes. Spoilers. This could kind of go either way. The gist of the rumor is early well, the next... the gist of the rumor. The gist of the rumor. Not the jizz. There is no jizz of a rumor. Just gist of a rumor. I feel is like that... rumors deserve jizz. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I mean, if they're so happy that they jizz, that is up to the rumor, <laughs> I guess. But this rumor just has a gist. And the gist is that the Switch... <laughs> what is a gist? The gist I mean, it... I know that's the word. But what does that even mean? You, I'm going to look this up. You gist? talk about important things. You've never heard the word gist before? No, I've heard the word gist. But now I'm thinking about it and it's just like, what a stupid word. What does it even mean? Okay, so while Chad's looking up the definition of gist, we'll actually start telling you what this story is about. There's a rumor that early next year there's going to be a pro version of the Switch or like a new Nintendo Switch version of the Switch. Just like there's the new Nintendo 3DS. And it's going to be a spec bump up to the NVIDIA X2 chip, which is currently the X1 chip in Switch right now. It's also apparently, according to the rumor, going to have... 8 gigabytes of RAM, and 128 gigabytes of storage. This would be sold alongside the current Switch, which would see a price drop. And this one would be sold around the same price point, $299 or up to $349. So not if it's going to cost more, it's not that much more expensive. So just like the technicals of the Switch hardware or this quote-unquote upcoming Switch hardware. Um, the reason is that they want better third-party access. So there's going to be games that are third-party that can only be played on this new Nintendo Switch, such as, apparently, Resident Evil Remake 2. I assume, you know, third parties are contacting Nintendo and saying, hey, listen, we love that Switch has taken off and we really want to bring our stuff there, but we we can't without doing a cloud version of it. (laughs) Speaking of Resident Evil. Yeah, I wonder... I mean, I'm sure that would make the most sense because in all Nintendo's games, apparently we just work on both systems, just like that's the case with all Nintendo games on the uh, new 3DS, with a few exceptions. Yeah, a few exceptions to that. Um, so there's some debate if this rumor is true or not. I'll say, minus the time frame, I don't know about early 2019, but it makes sense. Yeah, I think that's, that is a logical next step. I don't know if that is the next step that Nintendo will take because they always like to surprise us and do something mm-hmm. completely out of left field. Yeah, but, this, um, this would fall more in line with what they do with their handhelds. Their handhelds, they usually release a newer version of. 
and hard like console hardware has always been the same the entire life cycle it might actually haven't even really been smaller versions minus the wii mini but the wii mini came out after the wii u had already come out so that barely counts um so it'd be new for a home console which is how nintendo touts the switch to be treated that way but considering everyone basically knows it's like the unwritten it's an unwritten uh like kind of common sense thing nowadays that the switch is overtaking the switch or the uh, 3ds it kind of seems obvious so maybe they're just going to treat this more like a handheld in that respect um yeah. review tech usa if anyone knows the youtube channel said he talked to marcus sellers about this he was able to get some more details from marcus sellers that he wasn't able to share but said that he it seemed like marcus sellers knew enough of what was going on and knew kind of small details that you would really only knew if this were a legitimate rumor as opposed to something someone just randomly told you online or something you're trying to fool people with yeah. marcus sellers like every insider has been hit or miss but he's had some very strong hits that were kind of out of left field so it's possible but another insider named stealth who i've mentioned on here quite a bit he doesn't think this is true he thinks it's complete bogus and he says it's more likely that we'll see a cheaper version of the switch next year to support the new pokemon game coming out next year than to see a more expensive version of the switch come out instead oh fuck yeah can you imagine oh my god pikachu yellow joy cons yeah, I'd be into that. I know that's not oh, those what you're talking about crazy. at all, but I was just starting to think about that in my brain. I was like, I would buy those. Yeah, I, I think that there's points we made on both sides. I can see it going either way. If you were to make a Switch for Pokemon, you would probably want to make it cheaper because you want it to be low barrier to entry. But I think you could also do that with just taking the current Switch and making it less expensive, making it a $200 Switch and then a $300 Switch Pro. Yeah, and by then the console will be three years old when it, 27 no 2017 it'll be two, yeah, years, it'll be two old. years old maybe two and a half so it's kind of too early i feel like for this as well two years yeah, isn't a little that bit. long a little bit i also think it would be a marketing nightmare if you had third party games specifically like switch pro or whatever it would be new nintendo switch yeah. exclusive like i know that we've seen consoles do that in the past with the new Nintendo 3DS, but technically, I guess, I I honestly cannot think of another game, aside from Virtual Console, other than Xenoblade Chronicles, that you could only play on new 3DS. There was one more game, um, the, the Minecraft, there's a new um, version of Minecraft for 3DS that works specifically with the new 3DS, but I think there's no. two versions of Minecraft, one that will work on both versions and one that will only work on the new version of the 3DS. Yeah, so I but don't it, even know how many third-party so, developers would take advantage of it. Yeah, it's so rare that it may, it's kind of okay that the new 3DS can get away with it. There's not a lot of games that it happens with. But if there were, which Switch do you want to get? Do you want to get the one you can play just Nintendo games on or the one you can play you know, Nintendo games and some third-party games? Or do you want to get the one you can play Nintendo games and other third-party games, but probably still not all of them? I mean, also, the allure of third parties in the first place to the Switch is the rapidly growing install base and how much people play it and the attach rate. And so if they do release something that's only compatible with the new Nintendo Switch, by the time this comes out, they'd be missing out on probably, what, 30 million users? That's a really good point, yeah. The, the install base is irrelevant at that point. Yeah, you'd be basically starting fresh. And how many people are going to buy... 
uh, the better version of the Switch rather than the regular Switch when most people probably buy Nintendo consoles for Nintendo games still, even though the, the Switch has been really successful. The more I think about this, the more I say, fucking bullshit, Marcus Sellers. <laughs> I don't mess- I think the only part of it that's really bullshit is the time frame. I think early 2019 doesn't make any sense. I, w- I mean, I would be personally really upset if I were a kid who got a Switch for Christmas and then like a few months later a brand new Switch came out at the same <laughs> price point. I'd be pretty pissed. I mean, companies have done things like that very similarly. Like, I think the the MacBook, when the MacBook first came out, like when you went from iBook to MacBook, it came out in January 2006. So you know a lot of people got an iBook and then for Christmas, then a month later a MacBook came out. So it's not unheard of, but it's not common, kind of rare. Untoward. And Nintendo is so big during the holiday season, they're kind of screwing themselves in some respect in terms of consumer image. Hot. I think that's a uh, that's a wrap on the cold open. There, we've made our opinions known. And Holden, let's talk about things that we've played on Switch this month. I'll start with me because you didn't. Holden, <laughs> playtime with Chad. Um, just like last month, it's more of the same. Played some Heavy Rain. Got a little bit further. Played a little Octopath. I didn't really have a lot of time to play, mostly because I was out at the uh, the oldie Six Flags. Ooh, for six, six days this week, obviously, which is why I had no time. No, fucking duh. I had, was there for a few hours. I totally could have played video games, but I didn't because I'm an adult and I chose to do other things instead. <laughs> so hold on. My playtime is pretty boring, but God, I want to hear your opinions on something. So I got God of War finally. Oh, it's Jane Parmesan! Chad's very excited for me. Um, I'm. I don't Without know. any spoilers, tell me about where you are. Yeah, I was trying to think of how far into the game I am. I'll say that, without spoilers, I was playing the game and looking at the map and going, man, I seem to be filling in this map really quickly. There must be a lot of backtracking. And then something happens where there's like different portals to different places. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, so that one map is just one of like seven maps. How many realms have you been to? I am in my second realm right now. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm okay. still yeah, very right early. In the beginning. Yeah. yeah, I'm very early in the game still. So I, I don't have... What are your impressions? I'm trying... Initial impressions. Initial impressions are, I think it's a really, really good game. Uh, it feels really solid. The controls are perfect. It's never stuttered or skipped a beat once. It is super, super smooth. The game's crazy good looking for a console. I mean, the fact that it runs really well on the PS4 impresses me. I expected it to run well on a PS4 Pro, but it runs solidly on a PS4. Um, I guess I just don't know what's happening, really. I know that... I mean, can I tell you the story to some extent? Like, early stuff in the story? Like, anything I say for the story now is hardly a spoiler. All right. Because I don't really feel like I know the story fully. It seems like... Kratos and his son need to bring the ashes of their of of Kratos of um his son's mom up to this mountain. Yep. That's all I know, and I don't really get what else is happening around it. Like why are people trying to stop me from getting there? That's what I don't understand. Maybe I missed something. Yep. Yeah. Will no, I you've not missed anything yet. Okay, so I will know more about the story later on. Yep. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean I like it a lot. I think the environments are very cool looking. I mean I've played uh, Ghost of Sparta and Chains of Olympus, the PSP versions. 
So I've never played. Those are the only a, God of Wars you've ever played? Yeah, I've never played a mainline version of it. Oh wow! But I feel like those games basically just mimicked what a God of War game is on console. It's kind of like a Golden Abysses to Uncharted games. I mean, you don't have the insane epic scale that God of War three had, but yeah. But I get the point. I get like the kind of locations that I was in in those two games is pretty similar to the locations I'm in for God of War one, two, and three. Am I wrong? No, a little bit. Okay, well, my point is that this game feels a lot different than those two God of War games, this new one. The Norse mythology really changes a lot, and the different camera angle absolutely changes the way I approach the game. I was never a big fan of God of War's, like, semi-top-down, but the camera kind of changed its position just based on what room you're in. Yeah, those fixed camera angles. Yeah, those fixed camera angles. Whereas this is basically behind Kratos' shoulders just about the entire time. Minus a handful of cutscene sequences. Actually, every cutscene transitions away from that angle. But it feels a lot different when you're playing it. They really did seem to rewrite what it means to be a God of War game in terms of the action and how it plays out. I felt like yeah. the first God of War games I was playing were very much combo-based. They are, yeah. It's figuring out what combos work well, unlocking new things. And, I mean, you get a little bit of that in this, too, with the skill upgrades. But but it's it's not nearly the same thing. There's yeah, a combat few... in this is very different. Yeah, it's very different. It's basically just hit the buttons in for the hit slow or fast attack based on your timing is what it comes down to. There's not yeah. really a lot of combinations between the two outside of a few things you can unlock. In in the old <clears> God of War <throat> games, you could very much get away with button mashing and still make your way through it pretty easily. In this one though, every single movement is has to be like you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, like I'm throwing this axe so that I can recall it and hit him from behind, and then I'm going to freeze this guy so that I can shatter him. All this, like, everything is purposeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's definitely true. I found a lot of the times enemies that I can't, like, that kill me at first, I will change how I fight them. I won't just try the same way. Whereas a lot of the games, I'll just do the same thing over and over again until I make it. This game, I feel like, oh, okay, running in didn't work. Let me try throwing my axe at these enemies instead, and then that seems to hurt them more than if I was just swiping with my axe to begin with. I'm not sure if if that if you there is a difference in throwing versus hitting someone with your axe, but it felt like in certain scenarios throwing lent itself better to making it through that interaction or that combat. Yeah. There are some enemies in certain parts of their body and Yeah. You can throw it to then freeze them and then you can beat the shit out of them with your fist. It took me a second to realize, or took a second, it took me a little while to realize that using your fists will get your fury meter up faster, which will let yeah. you do those kind of like fatality moves, which are yep. pretty grisly. They're all the same though; they they always feel the exact same. Each enemy type has a different, a uh, different kind of like ending move or finishing yeah. move that Kratos can do on them. But when you're facing the same enemy type all at once, generally, you don't, at least for right now, in the earlier areas, I don't have a lot of different enemies fighting at once. It's generally this area has an enemy type and I'm fighting that enemy type. And there's a slight variation between some of the enemies in each location, but they're pretty much the same to the point where finishing animations look identical. So I kind of feel like I'm just repeating that same finishing animation you're fighting every single right time. Now just like Draugr's and. Um... The witch things, right? Yeah, those witch things are really annoying. Not in a bad yeah. way. They're, they're very tough to fight. 
Cool. But I really enjoy it. I, I, I like it a lot. I mean, anything, any issue is very nitpicky. It's an incredibly well-executed game. I want to keep playing it. It's It gives me that same feeling that a Dark Souls game gives me, not in combat, but in exploration, where it's very linear, but I feel like I'm exploring things. Yeah. And I am very excited for what I'm going to see next. Well, I would definitely love to keep hearing your thoughts as you go forward and maybe we'll finally get a spoiler cast of this thing done i guess you know playing spell through with david ramirez and eric perez but well if you, that's have you I, been playing anything else aside from god of war no that's i mean i put a little bit of heavy rain but not much at all i think my copy heavy rain's broken like i can still play it i have that? to like turn i have to like stop playing it and turn it back on again a lot i've also been having problems with heavy rain on ps4 Did it, it like flashes a lot and like stutters yes Yes. Okay, we have the same exact thing. It's very annoying. I had to. I was loading up, like I went to load the game for the first time, and all of the text and overlays were just like strobing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, I, I'm gonna have a seizure. And mm-hmm. then obviously this is not how it was meant to run. And I was like, okay, let me just get through that first intro screen, and then it's still happening in the game too. And I was like, what's going on? So I deleted it, reinstalled it, having the same problem, and then I. Uh, I shut down the PS4. Didn't put it yep. into rest mode and shut it down, turn it back on, and it's been fine since. That's exactly what I did. But I've had to do that. Every time I start it, I have to then shut off my PS4 and restart it again. It must just be a... Uh... I mean, it's got to be a coding issue if it's happening at both of our yeah. PS4s. That's not And good. I played a bunch of other games, too, and it was like, oh, none of these are having that issue except for Heavy Rain. Yeah. And we have PS4, and you have, uh, you have PS4 Pro, I have a PS4, so... Yep. Slightly different. Yeah, I even tried well. all the different output settings. It's like, what happens if I do not HDR? What happens if I change the TV settings? What happens if I change the frame rate? What happens? And it still happen across everyone. Well, I'm reassured it's happening to you as well, just because it means this, my PS4 is not broken. Yeah. I thought that for a second too. I was like, well, fuck, I better get this PlayStation 4 Pro limited edition 500 million console because this one's going the way of the dinosaur. Yeah, it really makes it feel like your graphics card's shot or something. Oh, speaking of. Have we? Did we mention that console last week? That five hundred million? We did. It's fucking gorgeous. It is nice. So and wait, it, let me ask you this: the controller is translucent. Is the console as well? Yes. That's very cool. And it goes on sale the twenty fourth, which is this Friday, in the U.S. But no one, no retailers, know any idea what time, and it's making me so fucking nervous because I want it. I want it so call, bad. You're gonna go out of work that day. Just so you could be available to buy that. Because uh, I don't know whether it's going home live at midnight. I don't know whether it's going live at, at midnight <laughs> Pacific time. I don't know whether it's going live at 8 a.m., 10 a.m. Because apparently when it went live in the U.K., like Amazon broke the street date a couple hours early. And then it went uh, It's so stressful. This you is the so, most stressful thing in my life right now. You are so going to call off work and you're just going to sit at home refreshing just the internet uh, over and over again. Uh, I gotta look at my schedule and see what I'm you doing. Already <laughs> <laughs> you already canceled. You already canceled your uh, Spider-Man PlayStation, right? Yeah, I did cancel the Spider-Man because I was like, I'm gonna make a good, responsible adult decision. And then two days later, <laughs> look at this fucking gorgeous console. You know, it's uh. kind of nice though having. I call them nerd consoles. That's like speaks to you. Like we both have the Majora's Mask 3DS. I think that's the coolest yeah. thing ever. I don't use my 3DS a whole lot anymore, but I still love it because it's my nerd 3DS. It's my Majora's yeah. Mask 3DS. You know what else helps? Kind of cool having having one of those. I just in the break room at work just mentioned to somebody offhandedly, 
yeah, I think if I get this, I'll have a PS4 Pro to sell. Immediately, three people turned around and three people turned around and said, "How much are you selling it for?" So yeah, I think if I get this one, I can pretty easily sell my PS4 Pro, make some money back. Hmm. We're getting kind of close to those sales, though. People should wait and not. No, buy it shut up! You. Don't tell them that. <laughs> Holden, I want to sell it to him for more than market value. It was over more than market value. You're going to sell him a PS4 Pro for $500. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how much the anniversary edition is going to – the limited edition one costs. Is it really? Well, yeah, because it's come to the two-terabyte hard drive and the camera. Oh, okay. Two-terabyte uh, drive has got to be nice to have in a console. Chad, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to talk about either. our quest log. I'm, it's just stressing me out. So, Holden, let's open up our quest log, find out what the fuck is going on. Speaking of Sony and millions of consoles sold – Sony has sold 3 million PlayStation VR headsets and 21 million games and experiences. Good for That's them. That's a pretty incredible number for uh, that first-generation hardware. That's a great number. I don't have – I oh, I'm an idiot. I meant to look up numbers for other headsets to see how that compares, but also attach rates for consoles because 21 million games sold – well, games and experiences, to be clear. Right. And 3 million – Units, that's a good attach rate. That's a really good attach rate. That's seven per, uh, seven things per, which, you know, you think, oh my God, seven games total for, but, you know, that's actually, we are the minority where we buy a bunch of games for a console. Like, a lot of people buy only a few games a year, or. There are people who just play Madden or just play Call of Duty, and that's all they do. Or just play Fortnite now. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's actually impressive. I think the last number we heard was. I want to say it was way back in, like, early this year, like February mm-hmm. or something like that, and it was 1.2 million. Yeah, I think this is because they've been doing a lot of sales on these, haven't they? Yeah, they dropped the price down to 200 bucks yeah. for the entry-level model. So That's impressive. Yay, I'm happy for them. I This is something I want to see move forward. Um, I think that VR is very cool, and I think any company doing well is just good for this industry as a whole right now. Yeah. So this is this is good stuff. Do you know what's so cool though, Chad? What I'm so excited about. I know you got a big old stiffy for this story when it Oof. dropped. So, Hitman Two, as we've already talked about, is coming out November 13th. But there's going to be DLC they've announced. But it's the coolest DLC ever. The DLC is the first game, and you can just get the first game as DLC for the second game. But if you've already bought the first game, it's just included. You just get it for free. That's but pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Here's what's nice, though, is that they've taken all the little quality of life improvements that they've brought to the second game and added it to the first game now. So if you have the first game and you're like, oh, I love this little thing they do in the second game, well, you can just do that now in the levels in the first game. That's Hot. so awesome. That's a really That's great awesome. idea. That'll uh, give you another reason to go back and play those levels that you've already played a hundred yeah. times. And like little quality of life things, I mean, like, you can hide in a bush now. Like, you can just kind of walk into <laughs> a bush and hide. Like, small things like that. But nothing, like, huge. But still, it's, it's kind of nice. I want a full-on trailer, three-minute trailer. <laughs> Hitman 2. You can hide in a bush now. And it's just people hiding in bushes for three minutes. <laughs> well, the game itself, Hitman 2, is a lot more going on than that. But those are small things that they could easily have brought to the first level, the first yeah. game's levels. So I think that's, that's really neat. And honestly, something that small in a game like that can actually make a really big difference in how you approach a scenario. So that actually could be a big deal to see how some of those other differences add up. Yeah. Chad, I know you're going to be excited about the next one. Yeah, speaking of uh, new colorful Sony hardware, Sony is releasing four new DualShock 4 colors in berry blue, sunset orange, blue camouflage, and copper, which will temporarily be a GameSpot exclusive. 
GameStop. God damn it. GameStop exclusive. Uh, that copper is ugly. <laughs> it is, is so it? ugly. It looks it's, horrible. It's super reflective. I'm I'm conflicted because up until that special edition console that has like the copper accents, I've always been like, copper, uh, that's not for me. But then I saw that console and like the little sliver of copper makes me start thinking, maybe I'll do things in copper in my bedroom and maybe I'll get all copper silverware and maybe I'll get a copper that I really? never before thought copper looked good until that console. Wow. I think I'm just, my brain is, is poisoned by this 500 million anniversary console. I think you're just a Sony fanboy is what it is. I think it just looks so fucking gorgeous. <laughs> it would complement that console well, yeah. though. I do really like the sunset orange color, though. That does look pretty nice. The only one I'm not about is the blue camouflage. It just looks super generic. Yeah, the blue the- camouflage and the copper ones I'm not, I don't care for. Look look up the copper. It, I don't. I think it's too much. I thought I had seen it. It's it's super ref, like shiny, right? It's very shiny. Yeah. Copper Dual Shock Four images. Oh, I spelled Cooper. God damn it! <laughs> that Cooper edition of the PS4 Pro controller is really nice. The Dual Shock Four controller, I mean. Love me yeah. some Cooper. Well, while you're pulling that up, and I want to get your opinion on it, uh, Master Chief Collection is also coming to the Xbox Game Pass in September. I think we were about mentioning... time. Yeah, I think you were mentioning how the whole thing of Halo Infinite's not coming to Xbox Game Pass, and Halo's never been on Xbox Game Pass before. Was a reason why that might be a possibility. Halo Infinite not. Halo Game Pass. Five Guardians is. Um, but this is a good sign. So that copper is not. Uh... Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> you were trying to, you were trying to defend it for a moment you're like no i can't that's just too ugly it's like it's uh, uh, i mean it's a little some, too orange yeah someone's and it's not as shiny like as i thought i remembered it seeing either i feel like if it were shiny and reflective it would look better maybe oh yeah that's right it's kind of a matte isn't it yeah it's a matte finish and especially the plastic on the back is is even more like no, no, yeah, I so won't you, get it. You said shiny, and I got all caught up on shiny, but yeah. Shiny! Yeah. I'm from Moana, and I am shiny. really great. Uh, super. Oh, Master Chief Collection, coming to Xbox Game Pass in September, also has Xbox One X enhancements. Also about fucking time. <laughs> and then finally for our fetch quests, Assassin's Creed, like PC gaming, is dead. <laughs> it is not coming back for another year in 2019. <laughs> but in reality, Ubisoft has said that Assassin's Creed, the franchise, will be taking a break in 2019, as they did in 2016. Uh, the reason why everyone was kind of surprised this year whenever Odyssey was announced, and we're like, oh, wait a minute, I thought they were going to start taking more time between things like they did with Origins. Uh, they said that they were working on both projects at the same time, which is why these two are coming out back to back, but they do want to be able to incorporate that feedback into their future products. So, yes, 2019, we will see a break in Assassin's Creed. Although we did see the Ezio collection during the break last time, so I'm sure we'll have some kind of Assassin's Creed product to buy next year. But I, of course, am in favor of this because I'm not a huge fan of annualizing a franchise because it tends to run it into the ground. And yeah. It's also hard to incorporate feedback. Like, if, if you release the game and you're like, oh, man, I actually am tired of this or this mechanic really sucks, then the next yeah, game that is pretty much game... built with that in mind already. Exactly. Um, I think the next year they're going to do the Assassin's Creed O collection, and it's going to be all the O games, Origins and Odyssey. Boom. 
heard it here first. Moving on to a new section. <laughs> <laughs> so we are uh, making a new section of our podcast, at least for today, maybe in the future. I don't know. We've talked about this a little bit. For rumors. We have two new sections. We're going to try to separate. Do we have two? Yeah, we have rumors, and we also have one for announcements and release dates. Oh, this one is especially for this. Announcements and release dates for this week because the whole world just like. Yeah, there's a lot of announcements and release dates. Lots of stuff. Holden, take me through this first rumor. Yeah, so first rumor here is that New Super Mario Bros. U, which is the Wii U version of 2D Mario, is going to be coming to the Switch with a deluxe version. It's gonna. We've been hearing this from multiple sources. Um, comicbook.com has been saying they're hearing it from multiple sources. Um, it's gonna include the new Super Luigi U DLC update that came to the game as well, and also there's gonna be some new content that is quote unquote tightly under wraps. It's gonna be given the deluxe banner, which has very commonly already been used for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But someone, they, uh, comicbook.com also pointed out that Super Mario Bros. Deluxe came out for the Game Boy Color, which was a deluxe version of Super Mario Bros. So. That game had the, um, the the red coins added to all the levels for an um, extra challenge, as well as hiding the lost levels, uh, Super Mario Bros. lost levels. Yeah. It's, it's kind of being hidden in the game. So maybe we'll see some similar stuff with new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. I totally and, forgot about Super Mario Bros. Deluxe. I never played it. But uh, I'm open for this. Apparently it's coming this year, if the rumors are to be believed. It seems you know, strange Nintendo they wouldn't did have... say that they had some announcements left for 2018. They did. It seems strange they wouldn't have announced this at say E3. However, they can announce Mario at any point and it's still so. So Exactly. I think I think they wanted to save E3 for like new things to get people excited about like Super Mario Party. Yeah. Uh, this is like, going to be then... a by the way, this game's coming. Right. It's not going to be a big deal. Side note. You know one of the new features that Super Mario Bros. Deluxe on Game Boy Color added? What was that? Weirdly enough, they just had a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> you could just go to the calendar and see what day of the week any date was in time. Okay, cool. Good for them. Yeah. Weird feature to add to a Game Boy game. Yes, it um, is. Yeah, I'd be into it. I would probably download it. I would, too. I like a 2D Mario game. I also I I have a feeling it probably wouldn't be a sixty dollar game. Although no, they it would be because they're, yeah, if they're adding a, a bunch of new stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. it'd be sixty bucks. Although Captain Toad was only forty bucks, right? It was also forty bucks on Wii U as well, though. Oh okay. So never mind, I'm an idiot. Yeah, you fucking dumb bitch. <laughs> uh, next next up, rumor. Um, it is rumored that the Xbox Elite controller update might be coming in October. This is actually. It was rumored that it might be something we could see at Gamescom, too. It seems like this just keeps getting pushed back after a like a soft discontinuation-ish of this controller a few months ago. Um, Todd Warren, senior editor at The Verge, tweeted, Xbox codename Washburn is a $149 Xbox controller that will ship in October. Rumors are it will include a USB-C charging port. Hell yes! Love USB-C. A dedicated button for switching profiles and adjustable analog sticks and more from Game Rant. Uh, and then Engadget says it would also include a Bluetooth USB-C wired connection, an Apple MagSafe-style charger, and built-in batteries. That's one thing. Like, I still can't believe you, you have to use AA batteries with an Xbox console right out of the box. I know they have the, the play-and-charge kit, mm-hmm. but I can't believe that you can't recharge your xbox yeah i know they crazy. last for like seven times the length of a dualshock 4 controller but still 
still. Um, I, I just USB C alone's a reason to get this. USB C is the greatest. Oh, is, it a, is it the reason to get a hundred and forty nine dollar controller? Though? Uh, well, the reason for Microsoft to upgrade it is, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, everything is going to be USB C at a certain point. I think you're going to see this a lot. Companies updating just to add USB C if it's something small like a controller or something like that. But um, their stuff's cool too. I just I'm always happy when USB C comes to something else. Me too, and I can't wait till everything finally adopts it, and then Apple has the courage to change it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, once iPhones have USB-C, like everything's gonna have USB-C. My right now, my Switch, my MacBook Pro, and my Pixel uh, Two XL all have USB-C in charge of the USB-C. It is the greatest thing ever having all my devices charged with USB-C. Yeah, I can't wait till everything is universal or wireless. When everything's wireless and we have wireless charging things that just plug into the wall and charge everything in the room and we just look at things and our eyeballs can charge them. <laughs> the, yes. We're all Superman and like lasers just shoot out of our <laughs> eyes to charge our electronics. Magnets. Stop looking at um, your phone. I'm charging it, Mom. <laughs> um... Diablo 3. This one actually started as a rumor slash kind of a leak from Forbes. Uh, They leaked this a day early. So technically, I guess it started as a rumor. Diablo 3 Eternal Collection coming to Nintendo Switch. And I'm so goddamn pumped. I've never played Diablo before, but oh, I'm, you're gonna play it. I'm gonna play it because I got a chat, a text message from Chad immediately saying he'd murder my whole family if I didn't play this game. With him. <laughs> so I don't I think to. that was quite the threat, but I fucking <laughs> love this game. I actually I downloaded it months and months ago, back when they came out with the Necromancer pack. Just was like, oh god, I want to jump back into this. I just want that hack and slash action, like loot based, addictive shit. But I've never really found the time to do it. But when it's on the go, oh fuck yeah. God. I was, I mean, I have very little experience with Diablo. I don't really know much about it, but it's a very kind of grindy, kind of loot-based game, which is perfect for, let me play for a second, and then stop. Yeah. So it seems like and Switch is a great place for this. It's also, like, great, I beat the game once, when I can go back on super harder difficulties and do these post-game mm-hmm. challenges and get better armor. It's all about the pursuit of loot and finding set items that grant you huge bonuses and look really cool, yep. and that's, God, and all those cool skills. I can't wait to play this. I'm going to have one character that I'm going to just, like, fucking blast through on my own and then i'll have a character that i reserve to play with you oh um it's... Uh, it will include all expansions 60 yes. bucks is the rumored price uh, actually it now is i guess the confirmed yeah. price yeah. there will be special zelda themed content including a ganondorf armor set so um in the game in diablo 3 when you find a particular skin or uh look for a weapon that unlocks it at this like vendor in town where you can like cool. I found an axe, but it doesn't look as cool as the other axe that's actually weaker. So they can reskin your axe to look like the cool one, even though it's a better anyway. So Very you can cool. do that now with your Ganondorf armor. So any armor you find, you can make it look like Ganondorf. You also Sweet. get a Triforce portrait frame and a. So here's the thing: a cuckoo or a cuckoo? It's a cuckoo. It's a cuckoo. I can cuckoo, spell it cuckoo. A cuckoo pet more i i call it a cuckoo but maybe someone's gonna say i'm wrong what i love about this <clears throat> you can play four players on one console even in handheld mode not well sorry not handheld but tabletop mode which is crazy that you would try to have four players on that tiny screen but i guess it'll work <laughs> you can have local four player multiplayer you can have four player multiplayer on four switches you can have two persons sharing a switch two people with individual switch all playing together or you could do online co-op or any combination of all of those together 
and using Nintendo Online Service, all of these things, all of your save files and characters will automatically sync with the cloud, which means I can play on my shit. I go over to your house. I play that same character using my profile on your Switch. It's awesome. Pretty cool stuff. This actually, I forgot to put this in the notes here, but another element of this too is that Blizzard is kind of seeing this as a method of continually making Switch games in the future. That doesn't yeah. mean that every game they make will be a Switch game. It doesn't mean like Overwatch and that kind of stuff will be a Switch game. It just means that they want to consider it for the future. They have changed their story. When Switch was first announced, they said, you'll never see Overwatch on Switch. And now they said, anything is in the realm of possibility. Basically, so, we can make money, so it's possible. Yeah, let's exactly. try. <laughs> they are open to the idea now. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time someone uh, said this is the first time Blizzard has been on a Nintendo console in like I think it was eighteen years or something. Eighteen like that. years, yeah, something yeah. Like that. So StarCraft on N sixty four was the last one. <laughs> and apparently, funny. it was not a good game, and that's why it hasn't been on anything since. But Diablo three will probably work pretty well considering it was a PS three Xbox three sixty game. So yeah, or it was capable to run on those. It was a PC game first. Um, last rumor here, I think is a probably the most interesting uh, rumor of the week and this is something called xbox all access this is coming from the verge so basically microsoft is going to release this program where for 34.99 a month for 24 months you can get an xbox one x xbox live gold and xbox game pass there will be a version of this for xbox one s as well but the pricing for right now is just for xbox one x so $34.99 a month, $35 a month, basically. I ran the math on it. That's $839.76 uh, over two years. Whereas if you were to just buy the Xbox One X outright, pay for 24 months of Xbox Game Pass and two years of Xbox Live Gold, you'd be spending $860. So you're saving 20 bucks, but it's not really about the savings, I'd imagine. It's more about getting the... Um, impulse purchase price so low that it's easy to to be tempted into also you can tell a person you can walk out the day the door today with an xbox one x and a huge library of games for 35 bucks yeah that's pretty tempting i mean it's it's not a bad deal it's still a pretty solid deal yep um half the country this is u.s only for right now at least um if rumors are to be believed half of the u.s population lives paycheck to paycheck so this is probably enticing for a lot of people who don't have $500 for an Xbox. Absolutely. So good stuff there. I, I don't imagine this is something that Microsoft would carry over to the next generation. This is something you do at the end of a generation of consoles to sell as many as possible. One reason I end. think this is true is they actually did this exact same thing with the 360. Yes, the last exactly. couple of years of its life cycle. If you went yep. to the Microsoft store... You could get it. I think it was like what twenty bucks a month. You get a three sixty and Xbox Live Gold. Mm-hmm. I don't and, remember yeah, exactly. Thing. Actually, I think the Verge had it in the article. Let me pull it up. Um, yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. And as you meant, as you mentioned, like that's incredibly great for impulse purchasing. Mm-hmm. It's essentially also like a zero percent loan, which helps people finance that over time. So yeah, I'm into that idea. Anything that gets people the ability to purchase and play games in uh, an affordable fashion for them or that works with their lifestyle the more people playing the games better that way i don't seem like such a uh an outcast <laughs> so the the deal is a little bit different with the xbox 360 it was a 360 plus connect and it was a two-year subscription at 15 dollars a month but you had to put 99 dollars down that's what I, in my head i was like i seem to remember a 99 dollar price i was like but it can't be 99 dollars a month 
That was for so, yeah. a four gigabyte console. Again, the connect sensor was included. Um, and that was with two years of Xbox Live Gold as well. Um, but it didn't come with Xbox Game Pass because they were clearly trying to rip you off back then. <laughs> back then, you had to pay extra for Game Pass. You had to pay extra for Game Pass and yeah. live in the future. I think that's interesting. I think I think it's... I, I'm interested to see how people will accept this pricing structure because back when the 360 did it, that's it's subsidized pricing. You... In exchange for sticking with these services, Gold and uh, Game Pass, for two years, they're letting you finance this phone – or this, sorry, this Xbox. And that's exactly how phone purchases used to work. Mm-hmm. You know, you pay a v- lower price, 200 bucks for your new phone in exchange for sticking with that company and paying for service for two years. Remember people used to think that an iPhone was $200? I know, right? And now they find out it's $1,200. <laughs> so I think that now that we no longer have that for phones – and it's been a couple of years. I wonder if people are going to look at this and be like, oh, man, should I do that? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, it's tempting. It's interesting. I mean, I- I'm still not going to get an Xbox, but it's cool. It'll get more sold, I'm sure. Um, I think that's all for our rumors. Let's go to our announcements and release announcements dates. Announcements and release dates. Talk about Bukaki. Most of these are from Gamescom, but not all of them are. So should we just run through it? Let's just run through it. We'll kind of make comments on the side while Go we do it. it. So uh, Gone Home is coming to Switch August twenty third. One of my favorite indie titles. I've never if you played, haven't played it. it yet. If you for some reason have not been spoiled on this game yet, even though it's like I don't know eight years old. First of all, I haven't been. Where do I've, you live? I don't know anything about Second Gone of Home. All, uh, fucking great. I I this isolating great experience. Go for it. Play. I can't wait for you to play it for the first time. Tweet us. Tell us all about your experience. Um. Second up, Dark Souls trilogy announced for PS4 and Xbox One October nineteenth, which is the same date as the Switch version. Yes, it is. Although so, Switch is only getting the first. It's only getting the first. To be clear, though, Dark Souls trilogy is going to be eighty dollars. It is a limited supply thing. Is what it sounds like. It's limited physical. retail. Yeah, limited retail. Yeah. It's for physical because it's going to come with a steel book for uh, the third game. And let me think more details here. The first game is the remastered version. The second game is Scholar of the First Sin Edition. And then the third game is the Fates of Fire or Fire of Fates, which is every DLC pack for the third game. So it's everything Dark Souls has ever been. What it sounds like to me is do you remember the Metroid Prime trilogy on Wii? Yes. How it was kind of like a limited run, and it had the steel book, and it was all mm-hmm. three in it, and then it was impossible to find, and it cost oh, a yeah. lot of money. But then they released it on Wii U for twenty bucks. Yeah, and like they're definitely going to release it on Switch. Nintendo, I fucking to me. can't wait. They're releasing on Switch. Just, just, just do it, Nintendo. Just do it. Just uh, do it. Day Z is also coming to, uh, to Xbox One on August 29th, twenty eighteen. That is under the Xbox Game Preview Program, which is an early access program, so not of. Full launch yet for that game, Daisy. Uh, Shenmue three coming to PC and PS4 August. Shenmue 20th. or Shenmue? Is it Shenmue? It's a uh, Shen. <laughs> it's not that Shen. Uh, definitely... August twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. That's a. I was listening to uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily, maybe, and that is the furthest out release date that we have for any game. I think like for any, any game, game I've ever heard of. 
Yeah. Like, ever. I don't think I've ever had a game... Like, I've heard it's coming in fall 2019 before. I've never heard this specific day next year. I know, yeah. If it wasn't we'll in the first few it. months, at least. They'll change it to February 22nd, 2019. <laughs> They'll change now, it. Now, here's where we get to a bunch of games that surprise the heck out of me. Like, how soon they're coming. I didn't For a lot of these, I didn't expect them to come this soon. Yeah. Well, the first one's not surprising. Luigi's Mansion for 3DS. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, October 12th in North America and October 19th in the EU. That's also for 2019. Very surprising. No, I'm just kidding. 2018. Is that um, weird that we still have games that launch without a global release date? Like, they launch staggered like that? I do think that is very strange. Honestly, though, I think... Maybe because I pay attention to Nintendo more, I'm saying this, but I don't see this with anyone else besides Nintendo. And the occasional, like, Square Enix... You know, we're gonna like Square Enix is releasing Dragon Quest Eleven for yeah, PS4 I mean, and PC, I, I but that's that different with, because that's development reasons and not, huge localization things. But like this is, yeah. I mean, it's EU and North America. It's English in both. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so I think these Devil are the May games Cry you were talking about. Devil May Cry released uh, announced at E3. They actually dropped a new trailer at Gamescom for PS4, Xbox One, PC on March eighth, twenty nineteen, which is two weeks after. The most popular gaming date in 2019, February 22nd. <laughs> and then Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which I didn't expect to Ooh. see for another maybe year at least, is coming March 22nd of 2019. Oh my god, I cannot wait. Chad? That, yeah. I'm so excited. This is shaping up to be a fucking packed first quarter of the year. Oh yeah, it is. I guess technically quarter four for most of their financial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Spyro Reignited Trilogy coming to PS4, Xbox One. It was delayed. Used to be September 21st. Now it is November 13th. Um, so someone – I actually have a tweet here um, from Sam Loveridge. They didn't tweet this at us. I just saw it. And she pointed out that they put this game right next to Hitman 2, Fallout 76, and Pokemon. They moved it from September to between Red Dead Redemption – and Hitman 2, Fallout 76, and Pokemon. Well, I promise you it wasn't that they looked at that November date and said, you know, we could probably sell more if we move it. There. No, I know. but it's, <laughs> It has to do with development, I'm sure. It's development, of course it is, but it's still like you should have pushed it to just beginning of next year at that point. But, I mean, beginning of next year, you're looking at Resident Evil 2 and Anthem if... and <laughs> everything. Division 2. Oh, that was such a bad date. So, like... To me, it's – and I tweeted this out. To me, it's we're going to take this game of a cute little dragon and put it right next to a game filled with hundreds of cute little other dragons. I know there are different types of games, but it's just too similar. Well, no. hopefully they're they're banking on that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Also coming out, we'll HTC see. Vive Wireless Adapter coming out on September 24th for 300 bucks. That – I am in full support of, will not buy it because I don't have anywhere near the amount of money to buy an HTC Vive and a PC to run it. But, God, I can't wait for virtual reality to go wireless. Mm-hmm. Battery-powered, though. Might not be as good as you think. I'm, cu- I'm, I'm very curious what the battery life is on an HTC Vive wireless. Well, as long as you're staring at the adapter, you can charge it with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do that while playing, so... And then I think maybe one of the most... Exciting announcements that happened this week. Mm-hmm. Supermassive Games, Until Dawn, uh, announced the Dark Pictures Anthology, which is... It's um, not a game. Uh, they are several games. Exactly. It's several games under the title of How funny. the 
Dark Pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be each one's going to be their separate story until dawn style gameplay. Every character will have the, or every game will have the same shtick where every playable character can either live or die by the end of the game based yeah, on your the choices. same decision making system. Um, very excited. Until Dawn was one of, is one of my favorite horror games. It is so fun to play in a party setting too. Uh, and Man of Madon is going to be the first game coming. It looks <clears> great. <throat> Go watch the trailer. Next year is it's released. It doesn't say anything else about yeah. specifics. Very, very cool stuff. And we just got one more story before we jump into some of this Gamescom and Nintendo indie event stuff. Chad? Oh, actually, I, didn't, I haven't looked at this one yet. Tell me about it. So, interesting stuff here. So, Sony and Microsoft are pairing together to join what's called the HDR Gaming Interest Group, which is an HDR gaming interest group. And <laughs> what? It's it's called HDR Gaming Interest Group, and they are an HDR Gaming Interest Group. It's just their name is exactly what they are. You're so stupid. I'm not stupid. They named themselves HDR Gaming Interest Group. That's like Game on Game Show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. So the HDR Gaming Interest Group is basically just setting standards for HDR in the industry, and it's a you know different companies, not just. Microsoft and Sony, but they're joining it. And there's basically four guiding principles to what they want to accomplish. So the four principles are, in these, in order, are acknowledge the difference, which basically just means that you have to make sure your game is mastered for different types of monitors. That way your game looks good, whether it's going to be on a gaming monitor or on a television, because different monitors can display colors differently. So make sure it looks good on all monitors. Um, consistency and fair gameplay. So this is basically comes down to, so like the example given the article, this is from uh, Forbes, and the example of the article was that uh, a zombie is hiding in a shadow and jumps out at the player. They want to make sure with the HDR gaming interest group that that zombie in the shadows will be just as hidden or not hidden for every player, regardless of what display they're using. That yeah, the if HDR... you have more levels of, of light within your shadows... Mm-hmm. On HDR, you might be able to see that zombie first. Exactly. So they, it would then change the experience and could make it easier for that player. The other is forward. The third one is forward compatibility. So just making sure that you are updating your games to be compatible with future standards for HDR. And the last is just that these changes you're making to get your game to support HDR better shouldn't impact your performance. I'm in support of this. I'm always in support yeah. of standardization, especially in like a, t- a field where we already have like what three standards for hdr already you have dolby vision hdr 10 yep you have so many things i'm i'm pumped one of the things that i didn't think was going to be as big of a thing is this console generation visually you know graphics have gotten obviously better if you look at something like god of war mm-hmm. uh, or even the red dead trailer like it looks fantastic but i didn't really realize how much HDR adds to the experience. And I was reminded of that this week whenever I tried to play, or last week whenever I tried to play Heavy Rain, and one of the troubleshooting steps I took was to turn HDR off to see if that would fix the flickering. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I was like, oh, fuck. I totally forgot what things look like without HDR. So I'm excited that they're actually thinking about this and making sure that it's in the forefront of everyone's minds as they're making these games because it's such a such a really cool visual tool i do not have hdr so i look forward to my next tv which will have it so i can understand what you're talking about 
because I don't know what you're talking about. It's I'm hard. Sure it's, holding, great. it's hard having an OLED TV. Oh, life is difficult for you, Chad. I'm sorry. Woo! That's the end of our quest log, bringing us to our main quest, the reason why we were delayed this week. Gamescom and a random-ass Nintendo Indies event that dropped literally out of nowhere which, with no warning. Which is also not called a Nindie event. It is an nope. Indie event. Why do they do that? Just why? It doesn't make any sense to me. This is a Nintendo Indie event. They also have Nindie showcases. They have presentations. They have game showcases. They have Nintendo Directs. They need to work on branding. Anyway. Everything is just not on stage, basically. Let's start with discussing the Nintendo Indie event, which dropped only on the Nintendo UK channel. Yeah. At a random time of day with literally zero warning. It just, hey, surprise, there's a... a There was like a rumor earlier the day saying, hey, by the way, a Nintendo event's happening today. And then it just happened. Very They showcased a shit ton of of indie games coming to Nintendo Switch. Some we've seen before, some we've seen for the first time, some Mm -hmm. some are new to Switch. Yes. So So, we'll just go through these, and then if one jumps out to you or you want to mention something about them. uh, Baba is You. It's coming this fall. They all look weird. Everspace <laughs> You're right. is coming December 2018. Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom is coming November 6th, 2018. That one looks straight up like a mobile port, and I'm pretty sure it is. It does look Because port, you can yeah. see like on the buttons on the screen like where you would put your thumbs on the mm-hmm. iPhone screen to touch it. Prison Architect is actually available right now, but there's an escape mode of Prison Architect coming s- summer 2018. So the the time frame we're in right now. So at any point between now and the end of September, basically. That's like the prison building sim, right? Yeah. Slay the Spire, early 2019. Streets of Rogue, winter 2019. That one looks like it might be fun. What one was that again? That one, it's like the 8-bit looks similar to... Uh, fuck, what's the really brutal game where you're walking around shooting people and it's kind of like a puzzle... Starts with an Super. H. Uh-huh. No, shit. Uh, the game Hotline that you Miami. really liked. Hotline Miami, yes. Yeah. It looks kind of like that, except more chaotic. Okay. And maybe multiplayer, if I remember correctly. Anyway, it looks interesting. Yeah, well, it's coming winter 2018, so not that far away. Uh, do you like Wind Jammers, Chad? I do, actually. Because it's coming October 23rd, 2018, and if you really liked Wind Jammers when it was available on the SNES... Was it SNES? I think it was uh, No, SNES. Neo Geo. No, Neo, oh, really, Neo Geo, okay. And it was going to be Windjammers 2 coming in 2019 if you really liked that game. That was one of the games, uh, several months ago, I went to a game night at a friend's house, and that was one of the games we played, Windjammers, which is like Street Fighter meets Pong. Oh, interesting, okay. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, three more here. We have Bad North, which is available today. That looks like fun. I want to get that game. I forgot. What is that one? Uh, basically, what it is, it's, it's got this really nice art style, but basically, it's an RTS style game where you're on this tiny little island and Vikings are coming to attack your island. So, you got to use your troops and get the Vikings away. I don't remember that at all. It's a cute looking little game. <laughs> uh, right. Night Call is coming early 2019, and The Gardens Between is coming September 20th. Uh, I think we missed one. Did we miss one? Um, shit. The game about the, uh, like, it's during the wartime, but it's how the community is dealing with the war and not how you're you're not a soldier, you're, oh. like, a community member, and you're, like, starving to death, and you're deciding, all right, should I take this old person's food to feed my kids, or... What was that game called? 
the war between us or something or the war between war this war of mine this war that's of it. mine that one's coming to switch cool it's been on on ps4 and xbox one for a while but good for war i actually think it was a playstation plus game as well it might have been uh actually, yeah yeah i like that they're still highlighting games coming to switch i think i think it's cool that things are really exciting are really excited to come to switch and they're mm-hmm. supporting it of all of those <clears throat> what are your top two that you might possibly get um, Bad North, uh, is probably number one, and honestly, I think that's it. I wasn't too blown away by this. Yeah. Um, the one that keeps really legitimately pissing me off about these Nindy events, or indie events, is last year they showed off Wargroove, which is an Advanced Wars-style game that looks really, really awesome. I want it really bad. It was supposed to come out last year. It was supposed to come out summer this year. They still haven't shown it, but they did say it's playable at Gamescom. I think they said that Gamescom was playable. And they showed a little title of it at the end of the event, but never actually talked about the game during the event. That's the one indie game I really want to hear from Nintendo, and I just want that game. I want it. Well, you're shit out of luck. I'm shit out of luck, Chad. Speaking of games that they've shown before, what was the... There's another one that we missed, too. It it was the last one in the presentation. The one where it's like, Day of the Dead, and you're sh- it's a shooter, and the more you shoot something, the bigger it gets, the more oh, you Morphe's get shot. Law. Get- Morphe's Law. Yeah, that one yeah. looks interesting. Of all of these games, I would probably, if Windjammers was like 10 bucks, I'd probably pick that up for fun, like, party games. And maybe Morphe's Law. Well, good for those games, Chad. I hope you Fucking have fun with good. them. Let's talk about Gamescom. There's a few trailers I wanted to talk about. Actually, I didn't watch one of these, actually. I, man, you picked all the trailers that I didn't watch. There was so much shit from Gamescom, and I felt like I watched a lot of it, but I didn't watch any of these trailers. Well, we're going to fill <laughs> each other's uh, knowledge gaps here, because well, what did you watch? What did, what Ooh, did I'll you fill your gap. <laughs> uh, I watched the Surge 2 trailer <laughs> right before we started this podcast. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Let's jump into that. So Surge yeah. 2. So the Surge was one of our barf games the last few months. Backlog accomplishments uh, with respawn and friends. Accomplishments with respawn and friends, uh, and it was it's basically Dark Souls with robots and technology and sci-fi, and it was awesome. I really really love that game. Hold never finished it. No, I got close to the end, but I don't. You it. you have a terrible track record with barf games. Yeah, I do. I'm really bad at beating games in general. Uh, I'm the master at starting a game and then like never touching it past the first level. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Number... I, I play farther than that in all the barf games, but Surge Two looks like more of the same with a shit ton of cool extras. Like I'm loving all the weapons that I see, the giant swords, yeah, the dual lots axes. Of new weapons. But what I really liked was um, there. It looked like it was a boss, one of the big ones with the laser eyes, and how it kind of transforms a little bit. It looks like they're going to take the bosses to be more than just like big spinning, jumping things, and they're actually going to have like cool mechanics to them. Yeah, the environments also seemed different, whereas everything felt very industrial in The Surge 1. This was in a forest, but there was still some mechanical... You never made it to the later parts of the game of The Surge 1. Okay. Well, it seems like this is outside the facility you spend most of your time in the first game. Oh, yeah. So, am I just missing something completely here? Do you get out of the facility at the end of the first game? I mean, yeah, you end up in like basically a big office building type 
uh, scenarios. So you're like going into conference rooms and big water structures and things like that. And then, you know, the end of it is like the spaceship type thing. And it's fun. Oh, very cool. Very, very cool. So search oh, two. Cool. Tell me about what Looks you watched. Um, I am excited for the Sekiro Shadow Dies Twice footage that we watched. Uh, that I watched that looks it looks phenomenal. I I was very cons- not concerned, but I was very interested when they showed off Sekiro Shadow Dies Twice during E3 because it looked very different than Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Yeah. Whereas now they're showing it off, and I got an appreciation for. Oh, okay, so like Bloodborne is Dark Souls, but a little bit different. This is Dark Souls, but a little bit more different. A little bit further away than Bloodborne was. So there's still like a bonfire kind of place you go to. It's a little shrine you go to. That's kind of still the same. Yep. Um, when you get to a new area, how it kind of puts the name of the area right as like a title card in the middle of the screen. Like that's the exact same in this. So there's a lot of things that feel very Souls-like and feel very f- familiar if you played From Software's most recent efforts. Um, but then there are some things that are very, very different. So they really showed off gameplay with the grapple hook. And the grapple hook really opens environments in a way that you didn't have before. Whereas Dark Souls and Bloodborne felt more linear and that you were walking in a general direction towards a boss. This felt like more of an open area. And they didn't talk too much about what your goals are. I'm not sure if there's a boss you're moving towards or some sort of thing you have to find in an open environment. But the level seemed a lot more open. It seemed like there's less of you have to kind of go through the level in this order and more of a, okay, so you tried the level going in that direction. Have you tried climbing on that roof instead and jumping on the guy and stabbing him on your way down as opposed to just going, running towards him with, with your sword? So there's like there's stealth approaches to things. There's a combat approach. You can use your grapple hook in combat to like jump up in the air, grapple yourself closer to an enemy, strike him as you get up to them. So the grapple hook seems to be a really big part of combat as well. But then they showed off the resurrection mechanic, which is kind of the big deal of this game. And that is that when you die, you can resurrect yourself. And they talked a little bit more about that, but still didn't tell us exactly how it works. So they showed the character die, and it basically just presented two options to you. It just said, do you want to die or do you want to resurrect? And he'd resurrected. Mm. If you were to die again from that same enemy, then you're dead. But he made it seem like if you kill another enemy, then you, then you can resurrect again. Or if you cool. kill the enemy that killed you, you can resurrect again. So the shadows only die twice. Uh, Which is what it's I called. get it. Um, so there's still a lot of things they don't know about, but I feel like that's how they work. I've never yep. really paid much attention to From Software before they released a game. I kind of get really into Dark Souls Three after it launched and Bloodborne after it launched. So I have this... they're also the kind of games that like. They, they don't tell you literally anything. Well, that's what I mean. Like, they don't tell you anything in the game. Is why would they tell you anything in the marketing? So there's so much that we don't know about still. They showed the same environment that they showed the, in the last uh, few trailers, or the last the last trailer that we saw. Excuse me. So not a whole lot new in that regard, but we kind of saw more of the gameplay and, and how this feels like a Souls game. So whereas I feel like the last stuff we saw at E3 was how this is not a Souls game, 
this is don't worry guys it's still dark souls it's still bloodborne it's still that kind of game hot so super pumped for that can't wait don't want to see any more i just want to play it at this point um i want to talk about a couple of things that i i saw the list of like things that i found yeah um there was new screenshots and concept concept art for cyberpunk 2077 shown Ooh. off the public has still not seen gameplay although apparently there was more behind the closed doors demo stuff um it looks really rad. I love the world. There's like this nice, this cool one of this uh, woman sitting in front of a mirror, like as if she were putting on makeup. But like the entire lower half of her face is like sitting on a on a pedestal, as if like it's a piece of jewelry that she's gonna put on. And she just has a robot mouth instead. Anyway, uh, really digging the look of that game. Fallout seventy six got a uh, a cute little vault boy trailer about camping, building your campsite, and things like that. And what I, what I guess I never really thought about was Fallout seventy six. All of these building elements in it. I was like, man, who wants to do that? Who fucking? And I'm like, oh, you guys are literally building the world that everyone else travels to and through in Fallout three and four. That's kind of cool. Yeah, duh. That's why it's so awesome, Chad. Yeah, but I'm still not gonna play it. My puppy just walked up to me, so I have a puppy in my lap right now. Oh, shut the hell up. Speaking of puppies, King K. Rule gameplay was shown off for Smash Bros. And that might be one of my go-to characters. He looks, I mean, obviously he's huge and a heavy character, but he has some pretty powerful looking stuff. Is that one of them Nintendo characters? It's one of them Donkey Kangs. Oh, Donkey Kangs. Yep. Um, What else did I say? Oh, there's some new screenshots from Resident Evil 2. They show off Claire a little bit in there. Ooh. Uh, oh, uh, something else that was there. We've already kind of mentioned it, but the Until Dawn guys game. Watch that trailer. Sea of Thieves new expansion. Didn't give oh, a shit about that, but I watched God. that trailer. Can't wait for Sea of Thieves. Is that game out yet? No. Oh. Mario Tennis Aces Diddy Kong. So this is actually kind of a cool thing they're doing. If you bought Tennis Aces, you get new characters every month by playing in an online tournament. Mm-hmm. So, like, for the month of September, I believe, it's Diddy Kong. If you play online, you unlock him. Otherwise, at the end of the month, you would unlock, you'll unlock him anyway. So you can get him early by playing online. I played that game for two hours and stopped. I've not gone back to it oh. since. And then there's one more thing I saw. What else did I watch? Son of a bitch, 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 bitch. Son of a bitch, son of a fucking whore and bitch. You well, talk about something. Yeah, I watched uh, two more trailers. Um, there was a trailer for Division 2, but I just decided not to watch it because I just don't care about Division. <laughs> um, Biomutants trailer, uh, I watched a trailer for that. I don't it really... got delayed. Yeah, it got delayed. I'm still not quite sure what that game is. I know it's an open-world action game. That's the one that looks like um, Rocket Raccoon, basically. Yeah, yeah, that game. Uh, but the world itself looks pretty interesting. It looks pretty unique. Your character is very small, so the world feels very big in comparison, which is kind of a cool aesthetic I like. Yeah. And then I uh, saw a trailer for Darksiders 3, which I don't really know what's happening in the trailer, but it looks fun. It looks like, it looks like a cool game. don't give a fuck about that game series. I've heard really good things about it. I had the second game. I feel like I should give it a chance. I've played both games for like an hour and a half each and didn't Chad, grab me. no one cares what you think about that game. Hold on. It's like Dante's Inferno, but not as cool. 
It's like a double A game series. It's like okay, except you don't have the cool ass scythe and shit like that. Instead, you're death, which I guess sounds cool on paper, but it's just not as cool. I know that Dante's Inferno, like Dante's, you know, Divine Comedy is classic and all that, but the game Dante's Inferno apparently sucked. Just it was, okay. It was I, okay. I heard it sucked. I played it all the way through. Oh. I'm sorry. And I have personal experience with it, and you're just telling what somebody else said to you. That is in your true. Face, I, I'm just saying, I just I heard it sucked. Great. Does not mean it does suck? I just I heard it sucks. Chad, um, we're done with this. Let's move on. Yeah, we're we're fucking done with this. Let's go to end game. Quite honestly, most of Gamecoms was just release dates. Yeah, that's and a all couple it was. new trailers. Yep. Oh yeah, and 97 new Xbox bundles. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did show a lot of Sekiro. You should look up some of the videos of Sekiro. There, there was a lot. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. Jed, you're just so oh, mean to me. Let's move on uh, to the end game. All right. Welcome to end game. This used to be called Weekly Forum. It's where we talk to our community. We do fun stuff. We uh, get your participation. We fuck around. Talk about barf. Backlog accomplishments. <laughs> friends and respond to friends. And our vomit. We just talk about and we just vomit. talk about vomit nonstop. <laughs> And more recently, last week we played a game called Video Game Would You Rather, and we want to continue continue that segment, but we obviously can't do Would You Rather every week because we'd run out pretty quickly. I'll just kind of so get boring gotta, every week to do Would You Rather. That's right. We've got a working title for a new segment called Game on Game Show, which could be a <laughs> game we play on our gaming show, or it could be Game On, a game show we play on our game, or it could be a show about games on games, whatever it is, you decide. But it's called Game on Game Show, and this week... We are going to play something in celebration of the Commodore 64. The Commodore 64 Mini. I don't know what this is, by the way, everyone. This is Chad's thing, so... This, yes. This this is, is I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat now. I don't, this I, is going to be a game that Holden plays for our entertainment. <laughs> A.K.A. this is where Holden acts like an idiot and we all enjoy it. The Commodore 64, a game system from the beginning of time, uh, as having the Commodore 64 Mini coming out next year. Pre-orders Aww. went up recently, this last week. So in celebration of those pre-orders going live and your ability to order these systems, I uh, put together a small game. Um, you know, old games for, like, Atari and Arcade and Commodore 64, they used to just have, like, crazy titles or they're just, like, tennis or fighter or whatever the fuck. So I'm like, I want to find some really weird-ass games. And I just looked up, I just Googled weirdest Commodore 64 games. And I read through some of these things, and I'm like, this will be a fun thing to make up some shit and weave it in with some real ones and see if Holden can tell the difference between what's a Commodore 64 game and what's something that I made up. This will be Scout's honor that I'm not Googling all of these. Oh, yeah. You can't Google it or else you're arrested. (laughs) I'm arrested. If you break Scout's honor, that's the punishment. You get arrested. (laughs) That's the death penalty, I believe. I've got five games here. All right. I've got descriptions for each game. Okay. The descriptions are not coming from a uniform source, so they might, like, they're not necessarily going to be worded. They're all in your syntax voice, basically. And, but, uh, no, not necessarily. Some of them are straight up copy and pasted. Oh, okay. But it's not like every single one is quotes from the back of the box or from the game manual. Okay. Are you ready? I Just your just, first... just, my, just a disclaimer. I have a really soft puppy in my lap right now, so if I get these wrong, it's because oh she distracted me, not because I don't know what I'm talking about. You know they have pills now to cure your soft puppy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean it like that. I have an adorable (laughs) dog in my lap. That's a weird euphemism. (laughs) 
just give me these games, Chad. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you off five games, and we'll go game by game, and you tell me whether you think it's a Commodore 64 game or something I made up. Number one. <clears throat> Jerry the Germ goes body popping. Here's the description. Oh, that the wasn't germ. the description. That was That's the name, the name of, the, of the game. That was the name of the game. Okay. Jerry the Germ has failed to obtain his stink ploma and so has been thrown out of the illitude of infectology. But far from feeling sorry for himself, Jerry has decided the only way back in is to infect a human and prove he deserves a stink ploma. You play the role of Jerry, and you must complete five single screens represent, representing body parts of the body in an attempt to make your human very ill. Holden, is Jerry the Germ Goes Body Poppin' a Commodore 64 game or a game that I made up? I think it's a real Commodore 64 game for the, for the first that one. That is a real Commodore 64 game. For the first one, I figured it had to be real. But I still Jerry can't believe that's a real poppin'. game. That sounds terrible. Are you ready for number two? I'm ready for number two, Chad. Frankie Goes to Hollywood is the name of the game. <laughs> you are a simple person in search of the Pleasure Dome. In order to reach it, you must become a complete person, which involves filling four main attributes, sex, war, love, and faith, by completing mini-games. Holden, is that a Commodore 64 game, or is that a game I made up? I actually think I've heard of this one before. I'm going to go with yes, it's a real game. It is a real game. It is based on a band, a real band from Liverpool. And apparently they have four main attributes that make them a complete person. Sex, <laughs> war, love, and faith. <laughs> Next up, are you ready? I'm ready. Ticky Tacky Laser Camel. <laughs> Some of these names are so stupid. Ticky Tacky Laser Camel. <laughs> Kids love camels. <laughs> Get this description, though. <laughs> Laser camels run rampant. <laughs> Laser. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Your voice Laser totally camels. There. <laughs> Laser camels run rampant. <laughs> Over northern Canada, <laughs> destroying crops and pillaging towns. All those camels in Canada. <laughs> Play as Canadian Mountie and travel across the country, rolling over camels with your bicycle. <laughs> Is that a Commodore 64 game or a game that I made up? Ooh, this is, this is a tough one, because here's the thing. There are five games. We've done two so far. Two of those have both been real games. So right, by the way, it is entirely possible that all five of these are real games. <laughs> I know. And I think that might be kind of the joke of this is that these are all so <laughs> stupid and they're all real games. Ticky tacky laser camel. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you are one of the smartest people I've ever met and have an amazing creative mind. I don't think it's possible you came up with that because it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no individual human being came up with the tacky laser camels. <laughs> the camels of the snow of northern Canada. <laughs> so I'm going to say that that is a real game. Oh, Holden, that is a game that I made up. <laughs> is it really? I am so yes. impressed. I am so impressed. Jesus Christ, I wish it were real, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Well done. I'm very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that that was amazing. Next up, Bionic Granny. Bionic, bionic Granny okay. is a top-view single-screen game where you play the role of a bionic granny who likes nothing better than to wait outside of school at 4 o'clock and wait for the children. Once the children leave the school, you have to move left or right on the bottom of the screen and hit them with your walking stick. Unless... <laughs> by touching the children as they pass over your various levels. I must say it's not a real game. Hold on. There are three roads going down the screen where children will walk, but some move around the screen randomly. Sounds like a mobile. A, there's three, a lollipop there's three lanes. <laughs> a lollipop lady moves around the screen and will throw lollipop sticks at you, which need avoiding or you lose one of three lives. <laughs> Once you hit a certain number of children, then you move on to the next level. Holden, is Bionic Granny a Commodore 64 game or a game that I made up? I think it's a game you made up. That is a Commodore 64 game. It's a Commodore 64 <laughs> game? That is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who pitched oh. that? Now, here's the kicker. Number yeah. five, the final one. Yeah. Doors. Successfully passed through 100 doors. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Holden, is that a Commodore 64 game or a game that I made up? Well, now I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yes, that is a Commodore 64 game. Oh, that is a game that I made up. Oh, I did so well at the beginning, and the last three I just fell apart. <laughs> Ticky tacky laser camera. That's where it ended for me. I just I can't believe <laughs> that that's not a real game. I want oh. that to be a next-gen experience. <laughs> Laser camels run rampant over northern Canada, destroying crops and pillaging towns. I'd Play buy as that Canadi- if it came to Switch. Play as Canadian Mountie <laughs> to travel across the country, <laughs> rolling over camels with your bicycle. I have new levels of respect for you, Chad, I didn't have before. That, <laughs> that's amazing. Tiki tacky camel lasers or laser camel? Laser camel. Laser camel of, <laughs> of northern Canada. <laughs> That's my favorite detail. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, that was our game on game show for this week. If you have suggestions <laughs> for games you'd like us to play, tweet us, email us at respawningfire on Twitter and Instagram, respawningfire at gmail.com. Both of those would count towards the participation trophy. Oh my god, hold in. What the fuck is a participation trophy? Huh? I asked you, what is a participation trophy? I already forgot, Chad. It is something that we give away every single month. It is a $20 credit towards any gaming service that you choose. And you earn it by being lucky and working (laughs) towards it. You have three ways to enter yourself into a raffle to win this trophy every single month. You can refer a friend once a week. And for the month of August, this counts as three entries. <gasps> so tell your friend about us. If they let us know, hey, by the way, blah, 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 told me about your podcast. I think it's awesome. Boom. You both get three entries this month. You can review us on the podcast service of your choice. And that gets you three entries this month. If you send us a screenshot of your review, boom, three entries. You can also play along. You can send us a subscriber interrogative on Twitter. You can tell us your thoughts on our Barf Game of the Month, whether you've played it before or whether you're playing it along with us for the first time. You can send us some fan art, uh, and that counts as one entry per week. I keep a spreadsheet of every single piece of participation, and at the end of each month, we will pick a winner 
Uh, and that will be next week's episode that we will find that out. Exciting and stuff. Yeah. Here's a, another option I want to throw in there. As part of our endgame, I wanted to mention, we tweeted this out. We are actually super grateful in the amount of activity that our podcast has been seeing the last couple of weeks. Our last week's episode is officially our most listened to episode with over 270 listens as of right now within a week, which is incredible. And we love you. And thank you so much. If you tweet us and tell us how you stumbled across our podcast, that'll get you an extra two entries this week. Because I would love to know. How are people finding us? Is it from referral from friends? Is it an algorithm? Is it an mm-hmm. algorithm? Who knows? It's all pretty sudden, too. It is. I love it. I love yeah. it. Past week's been great. <clears throat> so that's our participation trophy. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I have to do a poll this week. God damn it. We do have an interrogative we passed over. We have to do an interrogative. We do. Yes. Yeah, subscriber interrogative. So hold and read this out. So we is from Fezdi. He said, at Responding Fire. It's Fezd. No, I call it Fezdi. I know he says Fez, but I like saying Festy. But you're wrong. I just no. want you to know that you're wrong. No, I'm, I'm not. He doesn't know his name. I know what his Ticky name is. Ticky Tacky Laser Camel. <laughs> <laughs> Fez tweets at us and says, At Responding Fire, really liked the Konami versus Capcom. One's got a um, question this week. Uh, if Konami was gone... Sorry, let me get closer. It's kind of small on my screen right now. If Konami, if Konami was, was gone, gone, does that mean that Metroidvania genre would have never existed? Would that make it Metroid Mario? So to answer your question, I don't know. Probably someone else would have taken over for Castlevania. <laughs> answer your question. <laughs> uh, it's based on Metroid and Castlevania. Castlevania was from Konami. So maybe it just would have been called oh the God, Metroid. I hate you so much. With Konami? I hate that. Konami? So much. <laughs> two two developer names I, I messed up just to piss off Chad. Konami and Ubisoft. Thank you. That's what it is. No, it's it's Ubisoft, Chad. Yeah. It's Ubisoft. Ubiquitous software. <laughs> no, it's Ubisoft. I would have called uh, it Ubisoft. Yeah, obviously. And, and the most literal form, yeah, Metroidvania would not be a thing. Duh. Yeah. It'd be Metroid, but that game, and that means games like it would just be Metroid. Yeah, but the game genre would still exist. Nope, it's all just Metroid. I think it's kind of like saying if Bloodborne ever came out, what would we call it besides Soulsborne? It's called a Souls game. Only you play. Only you call it a Soulsborne. But no, yeah, there are plenty of Souls-like games Mm -hmm. out there. Like one of those, something else would take its place. Yeah. What would? What? What is a game? In that vein, that would take its place. They came out in that time frame, though. That's, yeah, a little, in that know. time frame, or no shortly idea. after. You don't know. I have no clue. When did the first Castlevania game come out? Was it NES? <sighs> I don't think it was Castlevania. NES. Was it NES? It might have been NES. I don't know. Castlevania, nineteen eighty-six. Whoa. Yes, that would have been NES. Or was that on – what system was it on? Screenshot Castlevania on the NES. Okay. Yep. 1986. Very Hot cool. to twat. Very nice. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting thing to think about. It's yeah. weird how, like, one game defines genres. But I guess, you know – Well, yeah. That's how it works. One game has to start it. 
One game to rule them all. One game to bind them. And in the darkness, no, you already you already <laughs> said the bind them one. You're wrong. <laughs> what is it? One to find them. Find them. That's right. And in, and the, in darkness, the darkness, bind them. Bind them. And well, that's been it for the Midnight Society. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Are you afraid of the dark? Um, you probably never watched that show, did you? No, but in you, the darkness, do you know bind what are you them. afraid of the dark? Is no, but I'm thinking Lord of the Rings. I know you're thinking of Lord of the Rings, but have you ever seen or heard of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Isn't that like a Disney show? Oh my god! All right, forget it, forget it. That's it, guys. That's episode seventy three. I don't know. Participate I don't know these with us. Sad. Wait, what's our bar for the month? Heavy, heavy rain. rain. Everyone play heavy rain. It's next week. Barf next week. We're gonna barf next week. It's barf. We love next you week. and tweet us how you found out about us. I want to know. Just curiosity. Thanks, guys. Bye.